Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where we talk all things Commander. And this week, in celebration of Wilds of Eldraine, we are looking at the Adventure card type. Uh, so Adventures have appeared in the original Eldraine set, Wilds of Eldraine, the, the, the return to Eldraine, and then also Baldur's Gate had a couple Adventures. So we took kind of a, a little sample from each set. Uh, we're going to throw them in the tier list, see which cards are worth playing, which cards are not worth playing. And uh, see see what the, the best adventures are. So, I'm your host, Richard, and joined today with me is Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. How are you doing? I am doing good. Excited to talk some uh, adventures. Uh, Tomar, Budget Commander, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I, I see a lot of cards that I actually run in a lot of my paper decks, so I'm excited to, to talk about them. And Krim, the Asian Avenger. How are you doing, Krim? Uh, Good morning. I'm, I'm, I am doing. <laughs> Just you are up. doing. <laughs> yeah, Morning. I am doing. I am awake. Morning. <laughs> Good evening, Krim. Good evening. Yep. <laughs> I, I have like one eyeball hanging out of a socket, but let's get this bread. <laughs> All right. Adventures. So before we get into that, uh, today's episode is brought to you by Command Fest Orlando, which is happening October 20th to 22nd in beautiful Orlando, Florida. This is the week after Doctor Who releases. You'll be able to check out some new Doctor Who events. You can meet CGB and Voxy along with amazing magic artists. Everyone who gets a three-day pass or VIP pass gets an awesome Edgewall Innkeeper playmat, and there'll be a limited number of Giants Phoenix playmats available for sale at the event only. Come get the new Reliquary Tower promo, play unique events like Commander and Chaos Sealed, and enjoy a fun sunny weekend in Orlando at Command Fest Orlando, October 20th to 22nd. Register today at Command Fest Orlando. And today's show is also brought to you by Card Conduit, the easiest way to sell your magic cards in case you need to fund your trip to Orlando. Uh, they let you skip all the buying, <laughs> all the typing time and work associated with buy listing. Their curated service lets you send in as many cards as you want with buy list value $1 or more, and you pay just a 5% service fee. You can use a sorted service where you list and sort your cards and pay only 2%. You get a detailed report and fast payment once your order is processed. You can get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash Goldfish. So thank you to both our sponsors for sponsoring today's episode. And with that, let's kick things off with the adventure tier list. So we're going to start off with the kind of the, the new cycle of adventures in Wilds of Eldraine. We have five mythic adventures, one for each color. Uh, they're monocolored. Uh, so we're going to kick things off with uh, Virtue of Courage. It's the red one. It's five mana enchantment. Uh, so we'll start with the adventure part. So if you're not familiar with the mechanic, uh, each card has two modes. The adventure mode, uh, once you cast the adventure mode, the card goes into exile. And when it's in exile, you can cast the other mode, which puts it into play. Uh, so the adventure mode is uh, two mana instant. Uh, Emberth Blaze deals two damage to any target. And then the, the normal card is 5 mana. Whenever a source you control deals non-combat damage to an opponent, you may exile that many cards from the top of your library. You may play those cards this turn. Where do we put this card, Seth? So the <laughs> for me, it's like... In the, I guess if B is strong in a specific archetype, it's probably, it's probably a B. I think it's a card that... 
The shock mode is not very good in Commander. Like, I guess you can maybe pick off a Mana Dork, but if you look at just, like, popular Commanders, and even popular Commander cards, two damage is mostly going to be killing kind of like Mana Dorks or, like, utility creatures when killing, like, an Eternal Witness isn't really that valuable or, like, a Solemn Simulacrum. So I think the removal mode's, like, pretty weak. The enchantment mode, I think, is really strong, but I think you have to be in a deck that's really built around dealing this non-combat damage to your opponent, like a Nehab or Torbrand. In a deck like that, this card is going to be one of the strongest cards probably in your entire deck because it's mm-hmm. so much card advantage. But I don't think it's a card you can just throw in a random deck and get much value out of. Uh, just to also clarify for the viewers at home, our ranking guide, S format staple, A, strong across many decks, uh, B, strong in specific decks, C, mediocre, and then D is like, just don't play. Um, we we, yeah, we rebranded really... to niche, Tomer. <laughs> niche. There, there's Isn't always niche a reason to play a card. <laughs> I never there's said, always I a reason. Okay. It's just very yeah. specific, yeah. and you need to know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> a good way to dodge angry comments. Um, um, I actually prefer the other way because an angry comments boosts engagement. But <laughs> but anyway, this is just like, yeah, this is the B. It's it's if if you can trigger its non-combat damage ability. Um, then it's going to be a very good card draw engine. It's not, I don't think it's the best one, best card draw engineering deck because like it's still, you can only play those cards this turn. Um, so if you're spending money to burn, then that makes it a little bit awkward. And like, if you, if you like exile a bunch of lands, you can only get one of those lands. It's good. It's a very good card. And like being able to pick off like an Oracle of Multi or whatever is good too. Like if there's like a mother of runes or something and you can, aha, I got it. Um, that's nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very solid. It's like archetypical B. Crim. I mean, I. Resident. I think burn it mage. looks. <laughs> Resident burn mage. Actually, Crim plays the most red. <laughs> yeah, that might be true. Actually, <laughs> I exactly because of that. I huh. think this is actually a sweet card. Uh, I mean, the shock. I don't really care about. I would just play this as a five man enchantment. But if I get an earlier a chance to potentially shock something, I think this is like. Probably one of the better virtues uh, and adventures going into Commander just because of the dedicated burn decks that do exist. So this is a way to stay in the game. Card advantage. I love it. I have I I have this. What, what do I have this rated as? I think I have this somewhere rated like, let me see here. Give it an A. I have a virtue of A, yeah. Like, I think this thing is like pretty cracked I'm, when it comes to dang. Commander. Wait. How, wait, uh, so why don't you got to convince me how this could possibly be strong in many or most decks? Okay, 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 okay. Here we go. <laughs> Richard hates spot removal because you go down a card, right? But what yes. if your spot removal is free because you're really just playing like a five <laughs> mana spell that does something? So in turns one to four, you have like a free removal spell you can fire off on random crap you don't care about and you're not going down a card. But here's why this card is cracked though. You have, like, a Perforos out. You play a creature. It domes everyone for two. That's, like, six cards off the top that you're drawing, right? Like, any of these, like, random red effects that just deal damage to everyone is, like, Mm -hmm. a wheel of fortune for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is, like, insane card draw. You you need kind of the the ritual and the fast man to keep going. But, like, red has so many effects where you just deal, like, two damage to everyone or, like, one damage to everyone on your upkeep or whatever, Every time you do that, that's just three cards for free. Like, isn't this card 
insane card. Like, do you really well, need to build around it? Like, as long yes. as you have non-combat yes. damage. But I mean, like, those... What if you're in a red deck without Edgar or, or Kranko yeah. or Ishin or Erdragon or Miram or Kor... Like, there's a huge list of the most popular red commanders that just... You aren't going to really deal non-combat damage. So I guess, like, if you're thinking it's yeah. worth it to add those effects to your dragon deck or worth? whatever to, like, try to draw cards, then maybe, but... Like, I don't think you can just throw this in most red decks. I think it's going to be, my opinion, like I said before, like, in Perforos or Nehab or whatever, I think this might literally mm-hmm. be the best card in your deck, or very close to it. Like, I think, like you said, it's an absurd source of card advantage. But I think if you just throw it in a random Kalia deck or a random, you know, dragon deck that has red in it, I think you're going to be very sad. Because I don't think that, like, thinking about my decks, I don't usually deal non-combat damage unless I'm a deck that's built around dealing non-combat damage. I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, so, like, it is not, it's not, like, a every deck card, but it is a very good, like, card advantage engine when you have the right deck for it. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, like, it is actually a B. Uh, It's it's actually a B. Okay, I'll buy that. I I think there's more application. So, the the deck, like, Corval, they're, like, splashing red. Uh, but there are, like, pure red decks, like Zada, that also, like, have no purpose for this. So, I I can see that as a... As a B. But I, I do think random red decks that are more focused on red have a high probability of playing this card. Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll stick it, it in B. Red decks in general. Yeah. yeah. B, B, B. Let's, let's move on to uh, the blue one. So I'm just going to... I'm going to start all cards off in C, and then we're going to... Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so Virtue of Knowledge. The Adventure Mode is two mana. Instant copy target activated or trigger ability you control. You may choose new targets for that copy. And then it's an enchantment, five mana. If a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Now, Seth, we all know you hate <laughs> Panamonicons. So, where, I mean, where do you put? Where do you put we need, where's our Panamonicon tier list? We need, we need a Panamonicon tier list. Um, so, Virtue of Knowledge, when I first saw it, I thought it was the worst Panharmonicon that they'd printed yet. It's five mana. It doesn't stop your opponent like Alishnorn. It doesn't uh, be a creature, Yark Yarok, which has some upside as a 5-3 Death Touch lifelinker. So I thought it was the worst one. But I've been playing with this card a bit. I haven't got to play in Commander yet. And I will say the Adventure Mode is way more relevant than I expected. Like two mana copy uh, activated or triggered ability you control actually comes up a lot. It's very useful for copying fetch lands, which is something that you definitely would be seeing like a three-color commander deck pretty commonly. And you can even just copy your Panharmonicon creatures earlier, your Spirited Companion or whatever. So I think because the of the adventure mode, that spell mode being way stronger than I expected, it's actually moving up my Panharmonicon rankings. I don't think I can... I don't think I can put it in a... I can see an argument for the ramp aspect if you're playing like 10 fetch lands. Like, maybe you could play this, even if you're not super interested in a Panharmonicon, just to like try to be a blue ramp spell. That's going to require a lot of fetch lands to be consistent, though. But I do think if you're a deck that's in the market for a Panharmonicon, any sort of blink deck, ETB value deck, Yarok, or uh, Thassa, or Rune, or whatever, this is an auto-include in your deck. So I think, for me, it's like a, a high B. It's a... Fine Panharmonicon with some upside because of the adventure mode. So not quite an A, but definitely not a C either. So high B, I would say. I totally agree with Seth. Like, well, I totally agree with Seth that it's like, (laughs) I totally agree with Seth in that uh, if you're in a Panharmonicon deck, this is an auto occlude. Like, it's just very good. I mean, it's just another Panharmonicon effect that has like extra utility. But like, you don't, 
I don't think if you just have 10 fetch lands, this is still worth running this and hoping to ramp. Because that's 10 cards out of 99. That just seems far too low to me. Like, I'm looking at a lot of my blue decks that I have, like Min. Um, I have Brutaclad, Nemizit, Myra. These are all in my own decks. Uh, my changeling, my five-color changeling deck. I wouldn't run this in any of those decks. But if I had a Panharmonicon deck, obviously, I would slam dunk it. I just don't think, like, if you have, like... Even if you have 10 fetch, you have the maximum number of fetch lands in your deck. I don't think it's enough to to say, to call this ramp. Like, it's just too low, too inconsistent for me. Well, I, think I disagree, just... Tomer. If if there okay. was no enchantment side, if there was no five mana enchantment side, it's just two mana copy to trigger ability, I would play it yeah. everywhere. It's like... Ooh. It's like rings, but you don't need to pay all that mana, right? Because rings, you gotta, like, cast the rings, and then... Because you cast the ring, you like probably wasted your fetches already, and then then you gotta like copy the fetch. But there's a five man investment. Hard ramp is hard to come by, and blue is getting up there with colors that can ramp now, like like hard land ramp that will live through a farewell. And you you know you're right. If you run ten fetches, which is obsessive, right? Maybe you run like five or something reasonably. If you're not like a five, if you're a five color deck, like you're not running this because you have green, right? So you probably have four to five fetches, but you probably have other things in your deck that you can copy with this, right? It's not, it's not sure. that bad. Um, so sure, I, but if, if you're not I, running I, the Panamonicon effect, it. you just you just run it for the two mana adventure side, and that's it. like if you don't have, if I, you're not a I deck, would seriously do that. Uh, yeah. oh. You'd have to try that for a while to see how bad that actually turns <laughs> oh, out. Oh boy! But, All right, well, like I there's a lot of triggered abilities in Magic: The Gathering. Like I'm sure you get value off of this, and I I, I am less excited about five mana tap out and hope i don't get blown out by casting this enchantment <laughs> uh but i'm very excited about two mana like copy something and that something is hard ramp uh, in mono blue which is like very rare and I- I'm-, I'm willing to do it i'm willing to do that and imagine you copy like a burnished heart or, or something like there's lots of things you can be copying right a solemn uh so like, I don't know. I, I mean, think it's, I think uh, it's and in a lot of those cards are also going to work with the Panharmonicon side. So you do get some upside if mm-hmm. you're playing Solemns yeah. and Muldrifters and so forth. Like in the late game, you can double those up and get value out of them. I'll say, like, I, I put the numbers in the hypergeometric calculator. If you have 10 fetches, you're like two thirds of the time. You should be able to copy a fetch land on turn three with this. So that's pretty good. That's 10 fetches, right. though. Five fetches, it's going to, it's going to drop quite a bit, I think, if you're only playing five. If you're what only playing you play, five, you're down to like 40%. If you're also, yeah. if you're also in 10, then you're like, you're probably in green at this yeah, point. And I, I, I would run, run it like if a, I was in green or even well, white, maybe you wouldn't even bother with this. I guess it depends Crim. on how deep you want to go, because there's a lot of bad fetches, too, you can play, right? If you play, like, Fable yeah. Passage, Evolving Wilds, like, some of that kind of stuff, you could get up to okay, 10 in Mono Blue, I think. It does trigger off some... Evolving Wilds is not... <laughs> <laughs> it does trigger off stuff that's not fetch lines, all right? I'll give you that. Yeah. Like, there are some things, like, if I was counting it up and, like, half my deck happened to have abilities that copied itself i'd still wouldn't i still wouldn't do it because <laughs> i want to have the enchantment side but like i would i would i would you know i'd give you some respect for uh for for jamming it and running it for in other ways too all right crim i cut you off earlier can you push this into an a <laughs> we got two b's and an a the blue beige do you value copying stuff you don't have creatures normally <laughs> <laughs> This is trending downwards in a B for me. I, I, I think that they're just... I don't know. I don't think you... Like, like you're not going to... Like, this one piece of, like, ramp isn't that good because you have to do a lot to get there. 
I don't know. I, I just don't like it. I don't even think the enchantment side is that great unless you're, like, doing wizard stuff, right? Or, or some kind of ETB stuff. So this is actually trending downwards when it comes to a B for me. Uh, I just feel like the work you go through to make this happen just isn't worth it. Okay. So last question. Above or below <laughs> the, the red one? This oh, it's below, below the red right? one. The, the red one's the ceiling red one. is so high. Uh, well, the yeah, the the blue one's the blue ceiling one, I'm not is even equally... sure what it, it ranks in Panoramicon no. tier list. The blue one's <laughs> ceiling's equally high. Like just as yeah. much as you can play the red one and have a Perforos and draw six cards, you can play the blue one and like cast some all drifters and draw six cards. So I think like well, but, the ceiling but is but comparable. Blue, the, I I would say that the red one in a red deck more often than not you can make usage of that that uh the the enchantment side. Whereas, like, in a blue deck, do I even care about, like, half of this stuff? Like, unless I may... Str- and, like, the, the, like, like the, like, the amount of, like, things I would have to do to make this feel good versus the amount of, like, like cards that I'd have to run to make the red one work feels way different. Like, How naturally, you- red will just deal damage. Yeah, but it has to be non-combat damage. It's not sure. regular. No, there's no way. Like most, most your typical red deck that's not burn is not going to be randomly burning people. Like that's that doesn't happen. You, you, you have more passive burn okay. damage than you know. There are there are yeah, 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 there are 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 Let's go to the white one. The white one, uh, it's it's adventure mode. Virtue of loyalty. It's adventure mode is two mana, instant create a two two white creature token with vigilance, and then it's enchantment that's five mana at the beginning of your end step. Put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Untap those creatures. Uh, I'm gonna start off and see. I think this card kind of sucks. Maybe she even really. What? It's like the slowest. Pump spell that like lets everyone knows it's coming, and will like get you murdered before it does anything. So I, I'm very against these like very slow, late game. Like it's it's a turn five play, so it's like kind of slow, right? So people have lots of time to react. They see it coming a mile away. The night token is nothing to write home about. I think this card is mediocre. I, I wouldn't really want to play. What? It. What? This is actually, so of really? these three, this is my favorite. Like, what? yeah, I think like, I think if I was a Panamonicon player, if I was a Panamonicon player, I'd be much more excited for Virtue of Knowledge. But I just that's just not my favorite archetype. Um, but I really like the idea of Virtue of Loyalty untapping my stuff. So, like, if I have if I'm like a go wide deck with like a lot of mana dorks or or ways of turning my stuff into mana dorks, like Katilda, for example, all your humans can tap okay, for okay. mana, You're or doing like the unfair Sage thing. of this Song is, uh... of Frailies. Well, it's not unfair. It, it gives plus one, plus, so it gives plus one plus one counters to all your stuff. So it supports plus one plus one, like go wide plus one plus one counter synergies, like Hamza, for example, or Torrens. Those type of decks will really enjoy that stuff with lots of mana dorks. So I'm usually thinking like Selesnia in this deck. It gets yeah. to untap them, and then you can use you can have another round of generating mana on your post combat phase. And I actually do like the the two mana instant. Probably as much as the blue and definitely more than the red one because this is your surprise walker. You guys love fogs and everything. Well, what if you have like a lethal attack coming at you? You <laughs> put a random, you put a random <laughs> token that's, that's that's walker in there. Yeah, you want to be sound, Seth? You let her live by this one creature. A single but creature. But also, you could, you could just like, you could just drop it when you have that extra mana and then, ooh, it holds a sword or whatever. Like, this is a Richard, this is a Richard special. Like, it I does, can't believe you just skip over it. It does look everything Richard loves. 
dogs. It does flip the dowsing dagger. You have to be happy about it. It holds a dowsing dagger. It's like a pseudo fog. That that knight is all upside, right? I mean, like, it's... I like this. I think it's another B. Like, I think it's almost exactly like the rest of these cards. I think it's pretty good in a plus one, plus one counter theme deck. You get the surprise blocker. The counters work with your theme. It turns on synergies. Maybe you're Shalai and Alar and getting damage or ramping with Hamza or whatever. Like, there's a bunch of synergies just for putting counters on your entire team. And there's not that many cards that repeatedly put a counter on on your team each turn. And this is one of the better ones. So I think in that archetype, it's good. I don't think it's worth it, like Richard was saying, and just like a generic white deck is a way to like finish the game. I think there's more explosive ways that you would like want to close out the game right away with a coat of arms or a Cathar's Crusade or something that can grow the team faster. But if you have plus one, plus one counter synergies, it seems good. And I do like the nice surprise jump blocking. I don't think it compares to Fog, but it is nice that you can like flash that in and step and flip your dowsing dagger or jump block a big commander or something. It's almost like these were designed for specific archetypes. Yeah, it, it's like, you know, like that's about to I don't know though. how y'all don't <laughs> like 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 I I think this is like the best like the actual best one. Wow. I, I like wow. they're all like very niche. Like they all belong in a specific deck, but of them, like this is the best one, right? I mean, actually maybe maybe not one of them. One of them actually is a clear cut ahead. Uh but like out of the other ones, the blue the the red and the green one. I think this is the best one. It's so good. This is so good. I'm sorry. Even if, like, it's as simple as this. If they don't answer this, they're dead. Right? Like, you can play defensive, so you're not going to, like, threaten me with, like, player removal, right? You have to actually break through my board. I, I don't know. I feel like this one's like, has the highest, like, power. And it's the cheapest. Like, it's... It's about the same cost as the other ones. They're all the but, same cost. Yeah, like like they're all the same except for one. But so yeah, far. well, the next two are, are yeah. higher. Yeah, so, the next so two are a bit higher. Five. I mean, I, I I buy the wilderness reclamation mode where you use mana dorks to like power out mana then untap everything. As a finisher, this is so sad. Like Cathar's Crusade gives you the plus one plus one counter synergies and like kills Way people better. like the turn after. Where this is a yeah. very slow ramp up. So I, I do like the doubling your mana and, like, going crazy. Katil does a really good thing because it's plus one, plus one counters and, uh, you know, mana dorks. So, okay. B, you've convinced me. Uh, everything's B. solidly B so B far. B's all around. Everything's, uh, everything's for a specific archetype, baby. Uh, black. <laughs> Virtue Persistence. Adventure mode. Sorcery. Two mana. Target creature gets minus three, minus three till end of turn. You gain two life. Seven mana enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep. Put target creature from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. This Crim. is the best one. Oh, go ahead, Crim. Sorry. Oh, this is funny because it's the worst one for me. Crim, where, where do you put this black one as our resident uh, reanimator player? <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, like, this this is probably the actual best one of them all, right? Like, this, this is like minus them. three, minus three is respectable. Uh, it kills a decent amount of things. And on top of that, yeah, like seven mana, sure. Why? Like that's that's huge. I think the seven mana reanimate uh, each upkeep is huge. So okay, so when I started playing Commander long, long ago in the before times, one of my favorite cards uh, to play was a card called Debtors Now, and Debtors yeah. Now um, is literally the exact same text as the enchantment side of uh, of uh, Virtue of Persistence. It's even the same mana cost. And let me tell you, I always felt really cool casting it, and I kept doing nothing over and over again back in 2011 <laughs> that I just took it out. 
It was garbage. It was the too much are more mana. Powerful nowadays, <laughs> yeah, it it was it was too much mana. Um, and then it became the the number one threat at the table. So I spent my entire I spent seven mana casting the stupid thing, and then I would maybe maybe I'd get one creature before somebody answered it. But usually the entire team would just uh, entire table would be like, oh, we have to get rid of it, and somebody would fish out an answer to get rid of it. And I spent seven mana to just get like one for one for by a two mana spell or something like that. No, no, I'm not doing that again. Virtue of Persistence is literally the same thing. Yes, the the sorcery side, the adventure side, picks off bigger things than courage or whatever. But still, it's just three toughness creatures. It, it's sorcery speed. It's it's nice. It's better than Debtor's Now, obviously. But it's still just Debtor's Now with a little bit of an upside. And no, thank you. I'm not. That's a C for me, dog. Should nope. you put this in? Wow, you rank this below the other three? That's wild to me. Yeah. To me, this seems what, like what a card archetype you can am I running this in? Any black deck. Like, why would you? Why would you not run this in any it black in deck? Zero black docks. Like, because the, the so debtor's nail sucks. Because right? debtor's nail is a bad card. And I'm nothing sorry. Happens till your next upkeep. So I, I see Tomer's point about that. I'm but you like, kills you kill something in the early game though. And get yeah, value out of it that right? <laughs> Why well, did you really want to? Did you really want a card in your deck that's a, a two mana? This target creature gets negative three, negative three, and why wouldn't you just run like a like a freaking go for the throat or something like that instead? If that's all you wanted it for, I mean, that's an upside though. Like it is an upside, so it's not just going to get stuck in your hand to you get to seven mana. But it's okay. like it, it picks. It doesn't pick off all the creatures that I wanted to kill. It's only going to kill the small utility creatures that you uh, value less as removal. And then the other side is garbage. It's debtors now. It's, it wasn't good in twenty eleven. It's not good anymore. Are, are you still holding the A rating strong? So Me? basically, yeah. any blackjack garbage, and it'll be very good. Yes, I think any black deck can play this. And I think there's a huge difference between two and three in Commander. If you look at the most popular commanders, Lathriel, three toughness, Eureka, three toughness, Wilhelm, three toughness. Like, that's just the top five. Krenko's in the top ten, that's three toughness. None of them die to two damage from the red one, but all of those will get sniped by this one. So I think there's actually, like, a meaningful gulf between two and three when it comes to removal in commander not that it's a great removal spell but i think it's a much better removal spell than a shock like it's gonna hit way more and it hits any graveyard and if you're worried that you're gonna get arch enemy you can always just not cast it like kill something in the early game and then if you're like oh no they're just gonna murder me you don't have to play it here's the counter why do you play a card because once you cast the adventure side, everyone sees this in exile, and the the, the clock yeah. starts ticking down for you like before turn seven when you tapped out, right? Like everyone's like, "Oh, Krim hit me with a sword of body in mind, and I have some crazy bombs in here." And Seth has this Don't. virtue sitting in exile. Like we gotta, if we it, gotta deal with. If Seth. it was an end step trigger, I would be on board with this because the odds of you being able to go to your end step and get at least a creature out of the the battle out of the graveyard is is pretty good right like somebody would have to have an instant speed response but you're giving the entire table a turn cycle of this doing nothing on the board it's it's not i i trust me i i love debtors now it's such cool artwork too and the you also flavor into it right it's not like it's going around so crim is is the same problem I still think it's the best best one i agree with five mana is different than seven okay I, I, I like, actually down Tomer convinced me. I, I give it a C. We got two A's, two C's. B, we'll baby. split the difference <laughs> They're in all B's. B's. They're we'll all split B's. the difference in B. They all end up in the same spot. <laughs> okay. A single like just think a single reanimation spell, animate dead is two mana. 
two mana. Reanimate so how you need day. to sure. animate you need to animate a bunch of stuff with virtue of persistence just sitting around on the battlefield over a couple turns before you can be saying, Oh yeah, that was worth the seven mana. It ain't no. No 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 no. Sorry. <laughs> last last virtue, the green one. God, this one's garbage. <laughs> the green one. The adventure is a sorcery, a single green. Return target creature or land from your graveyard to your hand. The enchantment <laughs> is seven mana. If you tap a basic <laughs> land for mana, it produces three times as much of that mana instead. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's Dude, scoffing. This, <laughs> uh, this uh, is we so don't like bad. Like, of strength. It's not so bad. I think bad. this adventure side is probably the best out of all of them. Like, it's most That's reliable. It's a very good adventure, right? It's you get, garbage. You get, but, it's, it's but then garbage. the other side, like... You have to be. I could see a deck that would want this. It's like if you are like just mono deck. green ramp dot deck <laughs> where you just need to. Your your win condition is like Genesis Wave. Put your entire library onto the battlefield and like every triple effect. Like you want Nixwim Ancients and you want Virtue and stuff. And maybe you could cheat enchantments into the battlefield so you can get around. Like there could be, but like it's not good. You don't want to be spending seven mana like. This is like a bad Zendikar Resurgent. I don't even run Zendikar Resurgent anymore. This <laughs> yeah, is... like, that's exactly it. You have Zendikar Resurgent. You have so many other things that you could do. This, this is, is triple, but it's just, like, yeah. it, this is just but for it's mono triple, green. But it's only basics. Deck. And it, yeah, 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 the mono green deck loves it, sure. Maybe. Mono it's, green ramp heavy deck. Like, I that's mean, it. So, so you got to build around it, but it's a powerful yeah. effect. Like, tripling your mana is really strong. We've seen Nyx Bloom Ancient do some ridiculous <sighs> things. We've seen Zendikar Research do some ridiculous mana source. That's real, well, that's why you got to build around it and actually, like, focus on playing all basics or mostly basics, which I think you can do in green. Like, if you want to, because of how green ramps tutors basics to the battlefield, you could be mono green all basics or almost all basics, and it wouldn't cost you anything. You could even do it in a two color deck if you really wanted to. Is it going to be worth the cost of dropping all the utility lands in most decks? Definitely not if you're three or more colors. But I think in, like, Omnath, this card is ridiculous. Like, that is perfect for something like that. So I think it's a really powerful effect. It's really good adventure mode. It's just going to be a card that you can't slot into most decks. You actually have to build around it. And there's just not that many payoffs for playing all basics. So I don't think most decks are going to want to put in the effort to only play basic lands just to support this because there's just not enough other cards that synergize with that plan. I think this is like one of the only cards that specifically okay. refers to basic lands in this way. If, if everyone is not Mr. Moneybags, right? They probably have a <laughs> lot of basics and you can actually get away with this in green, right? Because of all of the green yeah. ramp, you can actually play like all basics in a two color deck or even a three color deck and get away with it because you're in a budget. You don't want to like fork over $400 for fetches, shocks, triumphs, whatever. Uh, so it's very plausible that you have the mana base to play this. And the oh. adventure is the best adventure so far. Imagine this curve. Yeah. Sacker Tribelder. Sacrifice Sacker Tribelder. Regrowth it with one mana. <laughs> play Sacker Tribelder. Sack again. You're almost at your seven <laughs> mana for virtue yeah. strength already, right? Why, and you got all wouldn't... the basics. You can fetch anything back from your graveyard, a creature or a land, right? You could <laughs> skull wind, you can get back your skull winder, no, you no. can get back <laughs> your crater hoof behemoth. Like, the adventure is very strong, even if you don't actually get the seven mana thing. And Nick's think... Ancient is actually, you know, sees play, but it's fragile. It can be removed, right? This is like mm -hmm. a hardier version. You just need to play basics, which green can play I... lots of basics and get away with it. So I actually think this is one of the stronger. <laughs> Uh, virtues <laughs> in this cycle. 
I think uh, you we, need to run it in a deck that wants to go like supernova with its mana, though. Like you want to be casting like fifteen mana spells. It's twenty twenty three, Tomer. All yeah. all green decks do this. That's fine. No, <laughs> not, not, I don't think all green decks. But like, there are going to be green. Like on math is a great example of like just wanting to go supernova with your with your mana. So if you want to go like if you want ramp spells at seven, then then it's good. But it's very specific. All right, we we end up with three Bs and a C. Uh, I uh, I think it's a B. I would put it at the very bottom of the B's, like but I, Krim, I. Why don't you like? Why don't you like mana? <laughs> yeah, come on. I, honestly, this Krim never has lands like, <laughs> to triple. The thing is, this doesn't like do anything. Like I, I so, I'm sorry. So Krim, I would you know play Zendikar Mage, right? This is it. one mana Snapcaster Mage for creatures. <laughs> yeah. Like yes. The adventure. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's very good, right? That's very good. I don't know why I would do that over literally like an Eternal Witness or or like a Timeless Witness. I would rather just play those cards. Like this one just isn't worth what you're doing for it. Like, like, yeah, like I think it's pretty straightforward. I clearly do not like this. But you know what? Hey, hey, you're cooking. If you're cooking, when you make it work, then you make it work. Okay. Uh, So we have somehow miraculously ended up with every virtue in the yeah arguably we don't even know what the right order is because we're arguing over it so (laughs) seems like they created a very balanced cycle here uh let's move on to uh some some favorites here bone crusher giant oh god everyone's favorite standard card uh is this good in commander so it's it's adventure mode is stomp two mana instant damage can't be prevented this turn stomp deals two damage to any target and then it's a three mana four three creature. When it becomes the target of a spell, uh, it deals two damage to that spell's controller. Uh, great and constructed. Do we like this card in Commander? D hard D. Dude, no, I mean like there is <laughs> some small like argument that the One Ring has made it slightly better, but I don't know if it's made it enough better for me to <laughs> want to put Bone Crusher Giant in my deck. So maybe if I'm a giant deck, I'd play. Outside of that, I think it is like as niche as niche can be. A four three just it's not like, enough in commander. It, like I, I, I ran it in a single deck. There was like a is it giant deck? Um, that's like if you deal excess damage to a creature, then you draw a card with like Heck your yeah. Well, yeah, so I run it there, but like it's not an all star there either. I, I do on my bucket list though. I really want to kill somebody with the fairy's protection up. Like you, you use bone crusher giant, and then you either kill them with poison damage or commander damage because even though their life total can't change, you can't actually stack up commander damage and kill them that way or poison it's on the bucket list it's a cute thing to do but like even then like if you care about damage prevention there are better cards like insult to injury that do specifically that just like the body is not very good so it's fine so i i, I gave it a c we, we all gave it c's and d's so this card's mediocre but i'm thinking it's actually going to get better in the future and this is the perfect richard card because my prediction is in the meta it's a fog it's a fog meta. It's a wandering <laughs> meta. So this stop part is actually going to be very important, right? You can get more nefarious protections. You're going to get people are actually going to wake up to obscuring haze and things like that. But also, it, it takes a dagger, right? You turn two dagger and you're like, oh, I got nothing. You can turn three bone crusher and then turn four, equip the dagger and go for it. So it's good for equipment. The the body can be relevant for equipment, and you know, not not dousing dagger, but like sword, sword of the animus any sort of hearth and home and things like that so the 
the damage prevention clause, I think, is kind of important, and the body is, like, decent. So I actually think the stock will go up in the future, and I'm curious. Because right now, when I play, when I, when I build Desperate Commander Clash, I got I to gotta game plan for Seth. Seth is going to play Fogs, <laughs> yeah, and I can't true. beat a Fog. Why do you think Fog will loop beat, one but... ring forever? I got to <laughs> okay, have damage sure. prevention to, like, get I through, I guess we right? call that Fog meta. That's fair. <laughs> it, it's kind of like, Fog it's, meta. You know I'm not running Fogs, nor am I ever having the budget for the one ring, so... <laughs> <laughs> Tober will be immune to bullet crusher giant, but I'll get yes. everyone else with it. Okay, yeah, just straight up, just kill me because that's it. All right, uh, we have another giant, Beanstalk giant. Uh, so Beanstalk giant, uh, it's a three mana sorcery that you can search library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle, and then it's a seven mana star star where its power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. Do we pay three mana for ramp for rampant growth essentially? Just so we this get seven mana. It ends with untapped. It yeah. ends with Battlefield untapped. Yes, it does. Untapped. That's true. I and actually, you get a I, massive body. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this card is sweet. I think this I, card is sweet if you're going to play anything like along that line. Like I put it below Cultivate and Kodama's Reach in your average deck, um, and I still run those a lot. But like this one, it's more specific. If you if you care about the body, then it's actually good. And I have been running it in quite a few decks and i haven't been enjoying it but you really have to care about the big body that what it comes you, along with like so give me give me an example of what like are you a giant deck or like what kind of deck would care about um, the body enough to want it big big ramp decks so like uh, i have my four color on math uh locus of mana locus the four mana one four the mana one that's busted that. and banned yeah 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 so i have it in there and then that's just another finisher because I'm running all like the land ramp cards, and then uh, I will cast that thing very reliably, and then boom, I just have like another like twelve twelve on the battlefield, so it's fine. So, so I, I have an easy answer to Seth's question. So anytime you play the card draw that deals with power, okay. So the, that's a I can get behind that if you're drawing cards off Tybal this. Hunter, I can get behind that. The I forgot the name of them, right? All all the ones that like draw cards equal to the power of a creature. This is insurance, right? Late game, if you draw one of those things in your empty board, you cast this, draw seven, yeah. you're good to go. I have this uh, as better like or worse than virtuous. Oh, worse. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just telling you, the top of the stack or the bottom of the stack. Okay, we're not gonna. <laughs> it's, it's at the. I would say at the bottom. Which virtue are we talking uh, so I'm about? I'm running all over together. You get one choice: the front or the <laughs> end. Oh, it's got. I'm be running at the this bottom. over the black one every single time, um, but. Thing. I mean, I don't. I, I guess play the virtues are more card, interesting. Really, like the, the problem, like Tomer said, is cultivate Kodama's reach. Usually, take people's three mana slot, and then yeah. this one kind of fights for that. So, but yeah, you have to care. But if you care about if your deck synergizes with the body side of Beanstalk Giants, then it's better I, than cultivating Kodama's. And reach, I think this opinion. card, unlike Bone Crusher, keeps getting worse because Wizards only prints three mana ramp pin standard now, and now there's a lot of like. Three mana ramp, but I make a food. Three mana ramp, but I do this thing. Almost like Wrath, how like you can get a Wrath for your token deck or Wrath for your giant deck. It's almost becoming like that with three mana ramp, where if you want three mana ramp, there's going to be something that Wizards made specifically for your archetype that synergizes with it. So I think this card's going to like keep dropping in value for me, actually. Isn't this the same thing though? It's it's a three it's it's three mana ramp, but you can pay seven mana later in the game and you get a giant body. Yeah, I mean it's like Kodama's Reach or something, right? Except instead of drawing another land, you you draw this like seven mana body. This like game thing, yeah, yeah, seven mana yeah. body. Yeah. All right, let's let's move back to 2023. Bramble Familiar, a new uh, adventure card from Wilds of Eldraine. 
Seven mana sorcery. Mill seven cards. Put a creature, enchantment, or land from among the milled cards onto the battlefield. It's a two mana two two. You can tap it to add a green. Pay two, tap, discard a card, return Bramble Familiar to its owner's hand. So it's a mana dork. And also a seven mana mill something reanimate <laughs> immediately. It's uh, essentially being stuck giant. <laughs> It's, it is almost literally Beanstalk Giant, right? Like, ramp in the early game, Tangle thing in the late game. Tangle 4, Hedron, all over again. <laughs> I don't know why Seth loves these two mana mana dorks that are double the cost that they should be. You, you need to stack the deck, right? Because it's not reanimate something from your graveyard after milling. You have to mill it in that seven and then you reanimate yeah, it. They hit it yeah i mean yeah, seven's a pretty pretty nice chunk though that's a that's this this an mdfc but a bad one <laughs> i don't like it i i view it like me uh i view it very much like beanstalk giant like i think it's for me yeah. it's very similar i had them i initially had uh the mana dork ranked ahead of beanstalk giant and i had one at c and one at b and then i thought more about it and i was like i think i gotta rank these exactly the same so i moved them both to c actually because i think they're both like they're okay. They're below the curve for ramp, but you get this upside where your ramp spell can also do something in the late game. There's so many ramp options now that I guess a lot of times that's not actually worth it anymore. But I feel like if I was going to play a beanstalk giant, this is very, very similar for me. But for mana dork decks rather than like to a rat land decks, like, this is not you know good, what? right? It's it's a mana dork. Which is way worse than a hard land, right? Like it, it will Seth die to a me. You can bounce it back to I'm your putting, hand, I'm like, be. but it Seth costs you a card and two mana to bounce to your hand. Yeah, but I'm assuming like so that, that so the front side is like it's a bad mana dork, which is why I was poo-pooing on it. But then again, Beanstalk Giant is a bad cultivate, which is like fair. And then and then the end game, like okay, let's say you're a big mana green deck, you know. Um, you've you've ramped all the mana you, you possibly need, and now you see this in your hand, or it's in your graveyard. So you discard a land that you don't need anymore, and you pay seven, and you hopefully hit something decent. And then it, then you cast the creature side, you chump block, it dies, and then you discard another land, and you try to cast it again. That's fine. That's that's beanstalk giant level. That's a beat. I yeah. I think they're. What? I see them similar. I think they're not even close. Yeah, Trim. bramble like- familiar isn't like you don't like it. It's fine. I like it. Really? I mean, it's a two-mana mana dork. I think Beastop Giant is leagues ahead of it. It's not even Really? Like, you're comparing Land Ramp to a mana dork? Like, why don't you just fill your deck with Lawnmower Elves? Why are you playing Farsons? Hold on. Like, this thing's getting wrapped into oblivion. You tap out. You play something. Turn four. It's eating eating the dust before you get to untap, get any value, discard anything. Like, it's it's just a mana dork. Like, you got to be excited about that seven mana. Spell and you need to hold it for that seven mana spell. You need to wait till turn seven, cast this right because you curve this out in turn two. It's just gonna die to a a blasphemous act or something. No, like are we really curving out? Turn it back to your hand. The bouncing back to your hand, I think, helps. Holding up mana, you have to pay two and tap it. That's three mana that you're gonna hold just to bounce this back to your hand. No, no, you get it back to your hand. Oh wait, it's not from the graveyard. No, 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 from no, the no. from the battlefield. You can pick it up from the battlefield. Oh, 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 never mind. You no, no, no. This is, oh, no, no, Discard no, no. This a card C. and you bounce this back. This is C. I thought you could do it from the graveyard so you could keep getting... No, no, oh, no, no, okay. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no, no. This is a C. No, no, no. I'm putting up C. But the... 
Whoops. Uh, the adventure mode Whoops. is more upside than beans, uh, beanstalk guy, right? Yeah. Like beanstalk guy is just going side. to be a vanilla big thing. The seven mana side can be omniscient. It can be a crater hoof that ends the game. Like the thing about beanstalk is like, it's not a very good creature. I guess if you're drawing cards off it, it's fine, but it's still just like a big vanilla thing that gets chump blocked for days and doesn't dies to everything. I feel like the seven mana side is better on bramble familiar than beanstalk giant, but the ramp side is better on beanstalk giant than bramble familiar. I think Beanstalk's just a lot more reliable, and if we're looking for, like, hitting something good off the thing, well, I, I would say the same thing about Beanstalk Giant. Like, I'm going to be putting it in, like, a Go Tall deck, so I'm running, like, a Return of the Wild Speaker, uh, the Garruk that draws cards equal to its power, Hunter's Insight, Hunter's Prowess, the stuff that, like, draw cards equal to power or whatever, um, and then it's just going to be good if I find those cards, much like if I find a finisher off that 7-mana mill 7, so... Yeah, breach. I, like, I, I think Beanstalk's better. I mean, yeah, be- I think Beanstalk is sweet already. Like, I uh, you don't have to like. I don't, I don't even know why we're comparing them. I guess. Okay, okay, the okay, okay. okay. I'm green, just gonna, I'm but just I think gonna Bramble Familiar is right solid. Beanstalk. Everything's a bee. Everything's a bee. Everything's a bee. All right. Uh, how about uh, Decadent Dragon? Whew. Three mana black. Instant exile the top two cards of target opponent's library face down. You may look and play those cards for as long as they remained exiled. And then it's a four mana red four four flying trample. When it attacks, create a treasure token. Oh, I think whoever is on Watsi that has a prosper deck has to stop. <laughs> yeah, just stop. <laughs> prosper is fine. It's you know, the person that you've done prosper. your job. I know, this is the person who designed Prosper is just like, it. yeah, this will fit perfectly in my Prosper. I'm so tired of it. I've like, I've locked the word Prosper on Twitter because I was tired of it. It's like the new Paradox engine and like, oh, this is good for Prosper. And I'm like, no, I don't care. Of course it's good to Prosper. It exiles and, and makes treasures. Yes, I get it. I put this as an A. I think, yeah. honestly, it might be a B, but I put it as an A because people love stealing their opponent's cards. Like, I think those cards always are, like, more played than they probably should be just because people love getting your opponents that way. And this is a pretty effective way to do it. The big downside is it doesn't fix your mana. So I think the the B aspect of the card is you probably got to be a treasure deck, sort of, to, like, actually well, it, cast it, it the cards. It treasures well, it as treasures. a dragon to help you cast... Well, yeah, you have to, so you steal your opponent's cards and you have to cast the dragon, then it has to lose summoning sickness and not get wrath and attack a couple times. So, like, it can do it itself, but I think it's going to be, like, a staple in treasure-style decks, or prosper-style decks, if we're allowed to say the the P word on the cast. But I I don't know, like, (laughs) it's a draw two for three that becomes a four four that makes a treasure. Is that not just, like, a good card? Is that not good enough for, like... just put that every deck? And, like, if I I think it's sweet. You can play Exotic Orchard or whatever in your mana base to make sure you can cast things. Felwar Stone, which everyone's playing. It's not that I mean, far, and you're playing red. Like you're making treasures anyway, right? Like right. this is not. If you're making treasures, this is yeah. not some weird color combination that you you can't achieve. And it curves oh. perfectly, and it has trample for some. I don't know why it has flying and trample. Like it's eh, getting. Trample. I mean, I think it's solid. Yeah, just because of all those reasons. I'll be the devil's advocate, and all I'll say that uh, the adventure side is not very good. Um, the reason why, so. People could look at it and say, like, oh, it's basically draw two, right? But the problem is that you're drawing from your opponent's deck. And 
the the problem with that is that in 2023 decks are very synergy focused everybody's running a lot of cute cards that work in the context of their own deck and they're moving away from less and less staples like uh five years ago six years ago everybody was running just generic good stuff decks and we were moving more and more towards synergy only so if you like target somebody who's an artifact deck and you're not an artifact deck, you're going to be getting probably artifact payoffs and like weird janky stuff that might not be super useful to you. Or you target like the goblin deck. Like you're going to get some goblins. Like you don't want goblins and you're not goblin deck. So that's why I think these type of effects, these theft effects are getting worse and worse as years are going by. That said, like both both aspects of the card is pretty good. The fact that you're getting both of them together is good. But I just don't think stealing from my opponent's uh, library is that used. Like stealing randomly off the top of my opponent's library is that good anymore? Like Gaunti effects are just not are getting worse and worse over the years. So I disagree with I that. Put this a the B. one ring to fairies pro removal sweepers. There's plenty. Of, and and the thing is, you get to choose who you target, right? It's not like a random point. You'd be like, yeah. who's the person who's most likely has cards that I can use? So although it's not a straight draw to, it's better than a scry to. I, I, would, I would say it's like a draw... Better than a scry to, 1. yeah. 1.5. I think the biggest downside is you don't have the mana to cast it, right? Like if, if it fixed the colors, then this would be insane. Like I'm fine with drawing my opponent's cards, but... Oh. You know, uh, if they're, if they're, if there's a cryptic command, you're like, wow, this is awkward. I could never <laughs> cast this ever again, right? So... I mean, you can target the person who's in similar colors than you, too. So, like, that's oh, yeah, another yeah. easy way to get around it. Like, target the Rectos player or whatever, just so you can try to make use of their cards. I think it's really good. I think it's, like, either yeah. a high B or a low A. Like, somewhere in that range. But if we want to put it in A, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to argue against right. that. I'm sticking it in A. It's our, yeah. it's our breaker yeah. here. We finally broke out of it. The body <laughs> alone is, is respectable. So, like, I, I, like, what the threat does, sure. Like, I, I'm happy to have that happen. Meh. Okay. Uh, speaking of dragons, we have a green dragon, emerald dragon, from Baldur's Gate. It's an uncommon. Three mana instant. Counter target activated or triggered ability from a non-creature source. Six mana, four, four, (laughs) flying trample. (laughs) Do we care about weird stifle in green? Everyone is laughing, so I say no, but no. Do no, we wait, care wait. about weird stifle? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There's run no this way so... this is the card that, like, tickles your fans. So this, this is in my paper collection, all right? This is in my paper what, what deck. deck it's, in my, it's, over? it's in my six-drop deck, all right? <laughs> oh, so, that look doesn't at the mana count. Just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. So this is not the best card in my deck, but it is the best card in my deck because this actually happened. Somebody did Aetherflux Reservoir targeting me, and I countered it. I'm glad Can that you happened. Imagine? I'm glad that Can happened you to you once, but I will still <laughs> never put this in my deck. <laughs> was it worth playing a six <laughs> yeah. yeah. all the other I games? Mean, it prob- if you're building around the restriction that every <laughs> card in your deck has to cost six mana, this card's probably great because it does something Amazing. for three mana. So it's actually probably really good if that is your restriction. Outside of that very, so very specific <laughs> restriction, a three mana stifle that doesn't even stifle everything does not get me excited. It is kind of funny yeah. that it's green, but it's there's green actually gotcha. a lot of it's old like green. It's a green, it's a green gotcha. gotcha card. <laughs> Aren't there a lot of like, bind in... I think there's a lot of old green cards that do similar things that are even it's better like if you just want to get people. 
Yeah, but then you get a dragon, and it flies. It's in not green. even a good it's dragon. It's like a very bad but dragon, But it's a flyer though. in green. <laughs> it's it's yeah, a it's two metaphor for. Mark yeah. Rosewater is just, he's he, he's just getting grumpier every single second All he right. looks at this we're, card. We're chucking it in D, okay? You have to be a gotcha deck or six-up <laughs> well, tribe. You have to be like, Homer. This you got to so be literally Homer. There's dozens of us. There's dozens of us. All right. Giant Killer from the original Eldraine. Three mana instant. Destroy target creature with power four greater. It's a one mana one two. Two mana tap tap target creature. Human peasant. Is I feel playable? like this almost underrated. I, this card is great. Yeah, I think it's also underrated. This this like what like this is a sweet spot removal that can also uh-huh. like just be an annoying tap like a tapper over time, which it goes well. Like it's more of like a specific deck because I do love this in my humans deck. Uh, this one's absolute house there. Yeah, it's got a Y'all don't rent relevant this card. Get it's out of here. It's got a relevant I've never seen a single type. dying killer I, in, in the seven plus years of, of Commander Clash. I, we have never seen a giant killer. I, it is literally oh. in my human's deck. This card is I've sick, never dude. seen it. Underrated. I've never seen it. Y'all don't underrated. run this card. It's so underrated doo-doo. that we ourselves didn't play This card is doo doo. You're, you're all lying you to yourself. You just argued for the dragon? Because it's a, it's, a, it's a house. It's not a six drop. Giant killer's not a six drop, so it's no good. Trash. Garbage. Um, yeah, if it was six more mana, I mean, or I, five more mana. Maybe I'm overrating it because I'm playing Hilda on the next Commander Clash we're doing is my first like Wild Eldraine Commander, and this was the one tapper that That's actually made the Hilda deck. Uh, Hilda just wants you to tap things, and it gives you value if you tap your opponent's stuff. And I think this, like, I avoided playing all the other tappers because I didn't feel like they had enough upside. Just, like, a one-mana one-one that, like, pay a mana, tap it to tap something. That doesn't really get me excited. This, like, actually kills a big thing if you need it to, and then it can tap something down. So I think if you're in the market for a tapper, it's actually, like, pretty effective. And it's like a repeatable removal spell, right? You kill something, and then you can tap down that Voltron commander throughout the game. So I'm not arguing it's an A or anything, but I don't think the card's, like, complete trash. I I would argue it's a B. Like, it's good in Hilda. (laughs) Did you know? Y'all are not spending two mana (laughs) and tapping this to tap down a creature. You're not. You're not. In the comments, there's someone who keeps track of number of days since Richard last mentioned Swords to Plowshares. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine Swords to Plowshares. That draws oh, you a card because you're playing white and you have all the stupid like white dorks that trigger ah. off of this. So you can use it as removal and then you can play it, draw a card off Welcoming Vampire, and then you can sit around and tap things down, which I think is severely underrated, by the way. And then it also triggers human synergies. Yes. I think Swords of Plowshare is I bad. Is yes. Spending two mana on tapping a creature, good. No, you know what? Swords of Plowshare is bad, but one pa- mana, one two. Pass the Kool-Aid. Pass the Kool-Aid. I want a sip. I don't believe any of you all are, are on something. Something over here. You, you know what? We're if I about count the number of times we played any of these adventures, hits. I bet you Giant Killer is going to be one of the most played adventures all right. this season. What are you going to do? You're going to put it at A? You're going to put it no, at no, no, no. Giant Killer? I think actually added it down to a B. We'll put it somewhere here. But uh, in front of Beanstalk Giant, but it actually has a point in like human decks and weenie decks, right? Is like, it? there's actually Hilda. a purpose for this card. It's Hilda. good. It's playable in Hilda. I'll, hey, I'll say that. There we go. But you, you, put, right. you, put Emerald, you put Emerald Dragon in D because it's good it in, in six drop. Hilda. But then you say, oh, well, Hilda. That is well, Hilda, so that's a niche card. Hilda's you know yeah, okay. Yes. You know, let's move on. I, I, let's I, I move think on. six drop tribal is more niche than humans. Yes, I would agree <laughs> yeah, with that. Yeah, but you It's not good in humans. Homer's the only one. It was in Baragon. It's not good in humans. What are you? Say it again. It's not good in humans. 
All right. Not worth uh, it. Speaking of humans, how about this black human? We have Gumdrop Poisoner. Uh, it's an instant one mana. Create a food token. That's it. One mana create a food token. It's a three it's mana a three two life link. When it ETBs, up to one target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn, where X is the amount of life you gained this turn. Uh, what do we think about Gumdrop? Is this Gumdrop? I can't even tell. I think this is Gumdrop. Is this Gumdrop? Yeah. Gumdrop Poisoner. No. Yes. Okay. Uh, good? Bad? I think this is a, a very B-E card. So... It makes a food. I guess the idea of the card is you like make the food, then sack the food, then play it, and give something negative three, negative three. That's not very good. I've actually like tried that in standard, and it's really slow and clunky even in standard. And in standard, creatures are smaller, so it's not going to work in commander. But if hot you're trash. a deck that can gain life without spending a bunch of mana, like there's a bunch of black-white life gain decks, Karlov or uh, LSL Core or Kemball or something, where your commander is just like incidentally gaining you a bunch of life. Then this is pretty decent. Like, it's a 3-2 lifelinking body, which wears an equipment or whatever. You can sacrifice it for value. And it's probably, like, a hard removal spell. Like, a 3-mana Ravenous Chupacabra or something. So, in that very specific archetype, I like it. But don't play it outside of, like, I'm playing a food deck or a life gain deck, essentially. I totally agree. Like, if I was playing Frodo and Sam and upgraded my deck, I'd probably run this. Yeah. Because, like... I'm gonna. I have to crack a food anyway, just to uh, trigger Frodo every single turn. So, you know, if I I can pick off small creatures, and then if I crack another food for one additional mana, then I can just kill basically anything on the board. That's that's fine. And it has lifelink, so it triggers your life gain stuff in combat. Yeah. So I think in like that context, it's decent. Outside of that, it's it's kind of trash. I I I think it's. Hot doo doo. <laughs> this one's a hot doo doo. Wait, you're true. not putting this in your human deck? I thought, I thought <laughs> no, that shows you that like clearly it's not good. <laughs> Whereas Giant Killer is a house, oh, a proven winner. No, we're by leaving Giant Killer alone. <laughs> like, do you guys play Ravenous Chuka, Chupacabra or Necrotal? Like, that's not yeah, a good sometimes. effect. And sometimes in your food deck, you're gonna pay one mana to make a food. Like, that's yeah. yeah. Not, I you're would. like churning out food with yeah. Bilbo and Sam and whatever. Like, are you really going to be doing this? I feel the Hobbit's got to eat. Yeah, the Hobbit's got to eat. They're, they're hungry. They're hungry, Richard. They're hungry. I think this is a doo doo. <laughs> D for doo doo. Instant speed. Wow. Oh, boy. Wait, so would you rank doo-doo. this like one of the worst of cards yes. we've talked about? Wow. Yes. What? Like, even for... if I was a food deck, I would be looking. Yeah. Because I'm not trying to make like a single food token, right? And I'm not. <laughs> Like, just play instant speed removal if you care about removal. Like, it's not worth... But it, it, it's... It, usually, it will... Con, it will cons, Like, in the food deck, it will consistently just kill it. It will be a ravenous chupacabra for three mana. You, you can play also those? make a food. Like, who plays sorcery yes. speed? <laughs> like, I run ravenous chupacabra. Like, I, right? I have like, a braids deck, and I, I play it in braids, because then I just kill yeah, something, and then I sacrifice it for value. It. Like, it's good. It's fine. Blink it. Gonti decks will like it, too. It exists. It sure exists. Oh wait, sorry. Here, I'll put it above so Emerald Dragon. Okay, here, I'll what? put it behind. Wow. Okay, no, okay. Rigged. I can deal with a C if we, we're splitting we, we, we the average difference. We average that to a C, right? Some Bs and fine. some Ds. That's that's yeah, fine. C's fine. Fine. All right. Since you guys love spot removal on bodies, let's do Murderous Rider. <laughs> let's do Murderous hey, Rider. Hey, this card is sick. So three mana instant destroy target creature of Planeswalker. You lose two life, and then three mana two three life link. When it dies, put it on the bottom of its owner's library. If I made a like food, if I made a food, maybe I'd be in, interested. But D, no food, no D. food, no play. <laughs> Hobbits are hungry. 
I mean, it's filler, right? It's pretty fillery. I, I like it's it a little bit more filler. in like a night deck or a zombie deck because it's those creature types. But then otherwise, it's like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, if I if I really want a removal spell and I'm playing uh, a tribe that its creature types are, then I would play this card maybe. But otherwise, I don't think it's good enough. There's, like, a lot of good removal that exiles or hits non-creatures in Planeswalkers. So I don't think it makes the cut as a generic removal spell. You need a specific reason to put it in your deck, which is pretty C-ish, I think. Grim, yeah. Mr. S- when you play 10 spot removal spells, does this make it into the list? Is this it playable? Pl- it plays around the mill. It plays <laughs> around the mill. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> it defeats what? the mill amount plan? Yeah. It, Wait, it, it has to go from the battlefield to the graveyard. It goes to the bottom of the deck. Look, you have this, you have Ashnod's Altar, That's and somebody's playing a mill deck, and you're like, got him. Got him. God, I feel silly now. <laughs> and then they mill you again, and it's just the unbeatable. Dead, but okay. They're too good. They're too good at that point. <laughs> I do right, think cool. this is good in like a specific deck, though. Like very much so. Has to be like, like like a zombie deck can definitely use this. Yeah, like knights, like you had mentioned. But I don't know. I I, I it's good in that kind of deck. Otherwise, I wouldn't probably play it. The, the body is just so mediocre, right? And then the removal is pretty mediocre too. So you're not really excited. And even in knights or zombies, like, am I really playing this? I feel it's on the chopping block, even if it makes the deck. Like, it's it's down there to be cut the next time we get a new knight or zombie. So, uh, be- better or worse than gumdrop, Seth? <laughs> oh, oh, better, better, leagues better. No, th- there's no way, right? Like, I don't this know about leagues, leagues but I, I will say. Bone Crusher being in the same pile as those cards is weird to me. That should, that feels like a uh, Emerald Dragon, but um, I'm gonna say <laughs> whoa, whoa, leave the Emerald Dragon standard. out of this. Seth. I'm gonna I say, I'm gonna say it's bit. it's better. I'm gonna say it's better. Okay, than I, I, I'm gonna move Murderous Rider to the top of C class. Okay, <laughs> poor Gumdrop it, it, does not get the respect it, it, it deserves. Poor Gumdrop. Poor Emerald Dragon. What's going on? Justice for Emerald Dragon. Original uh, Eldraine card. Five mana, sorcery, destroy all non-giant creatures. Seven mana, seven, seven, vigilance. Do you play this mediocre wrath for the seven, seven, vigilance body? Helps you rebuild. It's literally one of the best <laughs> cards in a giant deck. Like that's that's his point. It's, it's a one sided board wipe for giants. Like okay, okay, uh, yes. This mono it has to be a white giant deck, right? <laughs> to to run this. But well, outside of white giants, um... well, okay. So first of all, changelings, travel, travel, obviously <laughs> amazing. I mean, yeah, yeah, yes. sure. Wait, wait. Yes. There's there's more than there's more than six shots. You mean you make fun of six shots? This is good change, for seven drop tribal. I get that. Like, yes, yes. Seven drop tribal. We're very good. <laughs> okay, seven drop. Okay, fine. Yes, but but okay. So board, outside of giants, has... do you play this card like ever? No, but it's it's the best. It's a bet one of the best cards for a giant deck. Like literally one sided wraths are just the best cards you can put in most but decks. Aren't giant decks usually like is it or something? Like there's not really In Cow Time, yes, but like um there's Kalemni, for example, is the Boros oh, okay. giant leader and stuff. There's I, like there's I giants don't... in red it's primary red, but then it's also yeah. in white too. Lorwyn giants are also um uh Boros. 
I, I not, am actually looking on EDH rec, and it seems like Agar, the excess damage one that we mentioned earlier, is like by far the most played. But then behind that, there's like four white red or is it one. So I think if you're in white and you're a giant deck, this card is great. Otherwise, it's not worth, Krim, do you play this as like, I get to wrath number 10 plus I get a big body? Like, you play more wrath than anyone. Does this ever seven, make the cut outside of Giants? No, it's just, it's, it's like, only really good in giants, to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't know how I have this at an A. I, I must be what? Uh, like high out of my mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. This what is a B. I mean, you what put a giant at, killer at up there, so maybe everything giant that says giants correct. in it. What about giant that has killer giants in it? You just say easy I, A. What about the know. beanstalk argument of like, oh, I'm going to return to the wild speaker and draw seven cards, so I'm way better than yeah, Bramble Familiar. I should say Selesnia, because you also have beanstalk giant. <laughs> you can also cast it much more. You can cast, cast it much more reasonably. And then draw a ton of cards because you're playing that, but... We cook today. Literally, like, literally, I, I'm cutting like I, I'm austere command from my deck because I, I don't have space to put austere command, or even farewell gets cut because I don't have space for it. Like, I don't see how I could ever jam this in with this. a straight face outside yeah. of like giant tribal right like you know like yeah you know, obviously if you're playing something super niche like that then yeah but as a staple wrath like would you play wrath okay would you play wrath of god or would you play this i do play wrath of god over this <laughs> i think i, play oh, I wouldn't run wrath of god i don't think i've ever put realm cloak giant in a deck that isn't a giant deck i'm pretty sure that i never yeah, have I either in so is that a b or a c because it feels like the problem is every is adventure so feels like, nobody so plays that. Right? Yeah. No, but it's strong in specific decks. It's literally the best. It's one yeah, of the best no, parts of the deck. It's point zero zero one percent of the population. Yeah. And changelings. <laughs> Emerald Look at the Dragon. Changelings. Really good in We're six growing. drop tribal. That's still in the D pile. <laughs> I mean, I, how about no, C? How about a C? Like to split the difference a little bit. Okay. Well, I'll put it at the bottom of C. Okay. Okay. That works. Uh, <sighs> all right. A a a Baldur's Gate card, Tilanali's Hunter, Tilanali Hunter, uh, two mana wow. sorcery, exile target creature card from your graveyard until end of your next turn. You may cast that card, and then seven mana seven seven trample once each turn. You may pay zero rather than pay the mana cost for a creature spell uh, you cast from exile. And you know when you have adventure creatures, they are cast from exile when you cast them for their creature side. So that's that's the synergy there. Well, like... it was made for the it was made for the Gruel Prosper deck. I forget the name of it. Faldorn, I think. Yeah, Faldorn. So it's a Faldorn card. Um, it's good for adventures too. And what I like about it is seven man's a lot, but you get a seven seven trample that's a big body. And the turn you cast it, you can immediately cast your like adventure spell from exile, or if you did some. Uh, impulse draw with red you can immediately get that value you can immediately get your mana worth back on the same turn which is really nice and um the adventure side is also fine like it's a it's like a crappier regrowth but it does the job just fine like mid to late so yeah i like it it's b for for adventure and faldorn i like just faldorn i like that the the creature side actually has trample if i'm gonna play these big dorky creatures i really like that they have some sort of evasion building compared to like beanstalk giant i think it's pretty pretty b i think it's worth it in adventure decks but i don't think i'd play in just a generic green deck but faldorn I, and faldorn I I mean, yeah, prosper is... if you're playing prosper synergies then yes we don't play prosper in this, <laughs> in this house is this card good i don't think it's good but all right yeah sure I think I think it's like, mediocre in even those decks, right? Like so the okay. the adventure side, like you can just play Finale of Devastation, right? Like it does the same thing, but like way better, right? Because you can fetch 
uh, out of your graveyard or library. And then it's just like a seven mana, seven, seven trample. And then you have to have something in exile, right? So it's like conditional on top of that. You know, if you do have something, then, you know, it's decent. But if you don't, then it's it's kind of trash, right? So the, uh, the thing that blows my mind is how we were so though. high on Beadstalk Giant that was literally a seven mana, <laughs> seven, seven without trample or any upside. Because, and we're like, oh, that the, card is busted. And now ramp, we have these like the tramplers that get things for strong, free. And we're right? like, yeah, no. Is one of the ah, we, could have just, we could have just green Zenith for a better <laughs> Beadstalk Giant. <laughs> We could have reasons for the crater. You think this is better no. than Beanstalk Giant? I don't know if it's uh, better, but it's, I think the same a, argument should apply, right? Of like, like, like even the, the most early... garbage ramp spell is like leagues ahead of almost every other like card yeah, in Magic okay. because ramp yeah, is guess, so strong, yeah. right? It's and the fact beat, that you get though. a free body on it is like even more upside. Where this is like a Durly beater that you yeah. can replace with another Durly beater. You know? What okay. I mean? Yeah, I guess the adventure mode on Beanstalk is better. Ramping beats the, like, tanky card draw, whatever that actually is mode. Yeah, all right, all right, C's fine. Like, I I do kind of like this card, but I don't know where I'd play it outside of, like, adventures, essentially. Do we like it better than all the other C cards? Is this a low B, I I think it's literally a B. It's good in in two specific archetypes. All right, Krim, you break the tie, C or B. I don't know if Adventures is popular enough for me to consider to be. I think it's a a low. It's actually a C. It's very much so a C. All right, it's right on the top bo- of the C. One fair. toe. Yeah, it's got one yeah. toe. Yeah. Don't deep. matter. We don't have <laughs> definitions over here. Good and specific decks means nothing. Apparently, <laughs> they can't be so specific that there's like five decks. Okay, specific <laughs> decks that yeah. people play. Like humans <laughs> is a specific deck. Okay, but like there's Fine. lots of human decks, right? Or like Fine. Voltron we, is specific. I, but there's a lot of them, right? Justice we, for Emerald Dragon. <laughs> We need to add one more tier. We need to add a friend for Emerald Dragon. Can we do it? Uh, We need to add one more tier that's good in six drop, tribal, or with changelings. (laughs) Like basically the two tomer decks. (laughs) Okay, okay. Here we go. This might be good. Brazen Borrower. Okay, Brazen Borrower. uh, Constructed all This card cooks. Fairy Rogue. (laughs) Two mana instant. Return target non land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand. And then three mana, three one flash flying can only block creatures of flying. House, is this worth playing outside of Rogue? No, this is unplayable. <laughs> what? Unplayable? No. Okay, you're just y'all are just saying that. Play. It doesn't even block, so you can't use no, that body dude, to Y'all block. are just trolling. Y'all are just trolling so, so this hard. Is a, it's a, a it's a boomerang. And it has a useless body. <laughs> this is like one of the best constructed adventures. So I will give it that. Sure. In 60 card formats, this card's legit awesome. In Commander, I think this card is kind of trash. I, I can see an argument for fairies or rogues playing it. Outside of that, I think this card is like actually Emerald Dragon friend level. <laughs> All right. If, if like, if like Tinkiali Hunter is too, too narrow. Then being only good in rogues and fairies is fairies. Uh, is no, this is a bounce. This is <laughs> a, a bounce deck? in any flyers. Like, you want to run this as your it. flyer no. deck? I don't know. Would you? <laughs> if, it's, if not not bird, it's not even a bird, Richard. It's not even a bird. No, no. I feel no, no, like no, no, I, the adventure side's would not you play even boomerang, niche. Boomerang though, Crib. Like I mean, yeah, you could use it, but like this is not an exciting adventure, right? I mean, yeah, I, I have 90, played boomerang. 1995 magic. I feel like I would. I would rather play like into the royal or something. Like if I really wanted a bounce spell, I think. I think I'd rather draw a random card from my deck than a 3-1 that can't block. 
Look, if I was if I was building a fairy deck or a rogue deck, I would jam this easily. But outside of that, I, I why? feel like I'm trying to cut this out of my fairy or rogue deck as well. <laughs> yeah, like, even in so, fairies and rogues, it's, it's like so fringe. mediocre that even if it made the cut, I'm like actively looking to like get rid of this. <laughs> Oh, so, okay. Okay, is it Bone Crusher? Okay, better or worse than Bone Crusher? Kind of the same thing, right? Like it's weird so much better interaction than spell and then like kind of mediocre body, but in blue. So do we like better it than more than Bone or worse? Crusher? Better it than depends on how much you hate the One Ring, I think. Yeah, I guess it depends on why would you bounce one the ring? One Ring? They'll just recast it and get protection. <laughs> no, 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 I'm oh, saying, no. like, if, if the One Ring has been terrorizing your meta, then I would run oh, bone, crusher bone Crusher giant over it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, near Bone Crusher makes sense. They're they're similar constructed so cards that are similarly <laughs> janky and commander. Trim is dying here, but we don't <laughs> yeah, all play Demir every week with fairies. <laughs> it's not even. It's just like, oh my god, I would play it in almost. Okay, of the adventures, there ain't no way this isn't one of the better ones that don't just fall into a niche column. <laughs> The bounce is so nice. Like it's able to save you from random all right, things. All right, Krim, here, here's a test: Giant Killer. Or Brazen Borrower. They're both in the same tier. <laughs> I, they're oh both God. in the so same both, tier. Both in the trash. <laughs> I mean, I don't even really like targeted removal. And Bounce is like targeted removal that doesn't kill the thing. It's very hard for me to wrap my mind around liking <laughs> bouncing something like, in if Commander. If the body was better, I could see an argument for it. But the body can't block. I guess you could like slap it down and use a it to carry a sword. Dagger. It does flip a dousing <laughs> dagger. It does skull clamp it. Those the magic words. You can clamp Y'all it. Y'all are wild. Y'all are just wild. <laughs> you can skull clamp it. It dies yeah, right. to field hazard, though, so we gotta watch out. I mean, maybe there's a B argument, but yeah, I'm I'm okay with it being in C. Okay. Uh, oh, what is this? Horn of Valhalla, I think this is called. So the Horn of Valhalla is from Baldur's Gate. X mm-hmm. white white sorcery create X white soldier creature tokens, and then uh, it's an equipment two mana white equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each creature you control. Equip three. This card slaps in go wide decks. Like the the amounts of pumps is out of control, and the fact that not only does it pump a lot, like it also just you can dump a lot of mana and make a big go wide army. Like. Go wide, I don't think is a very, very niche, niche, niche uh, archetype. A lot of a lot of decks are go wide. <laughs> this is much so, more common than yes. Than and giant this one's tribal. really good. Every single time I see it, I'm impressed. Yeah, if I'm trying to make a bunch of tokens or go wide with humans or whatever, I think this is a really good card. And I think the equipment is actually like pretty relevant. Both modes are relatively fairly priced on this one. So in those decks, I think it's very good. They might actually deserve to be like at the higher end of the bees really i think it's one of the it's probably the best bee we've seen is this I the straight best up don't i wouldn't even play this in my my like aggro deck do you what? not play it in humans or anything Krim? do you no, not play it in like, it is a, I it a human deck it makes soldiers it makes soldiers, it, it makes oh, soldiers. Oh, oh, oh. yeah but even then like no like this this is like kind of hot doo-doo right no way no, I, I mean, if you're, I think if you're X, in a white, white, white making X creatures is never hot doo doo, right? Like that's always so you could get better by doing instant speed, right? But like sorcery speed is still quite passable, and then the equipment's pretty good too. No, like yep, no, you don't play this. I mean, you don't play no, humans. Why, it doesn't make humans, but like a go wide. No, white no, but like none of none of my aggro decks would like play this unless it's specifically like it has maybe... to be like a tokens go wide yeah. soldiers. Yeah, token deck, sure. So then that'd be a 
pretty niche card, I guess. But so many go wide token decks. Yeah, tokens is a pretty popular thing, I think. Okay, then. And then you also get soldiers on top of that, where it's probably worth it there. Like, I personally run it on Othari. It's, uh, like, whenever it attacks, it makes a bunch of rebel tokens that are tapped and attacking. So you could make a big army of this. Or uh, later on, you just equip it onto Othari. You make a bunch of tokens, and all of those pump Othari, and you can, like, do some serious damage with it. But that's not, like... I don't think that's a one-off either. It's just like, if I'm in a go-wide tokens deck, I'm probably going to be running this card. All right. We'll just slap it in front of B for, for all you soldier and go-wide. Yeah. White weedy, like spirit companion. Oh, loves it. Okay. <laughs> twining, <laughs> twining twins from Wilds of Eldraine. Tw- twinning twins. It's twining. There's only is it one twining end. or twinning? Yeah, it is. It's only one like it twining. Technically, is twining. Yeah, YouTube pointed that out a few times. So two yeah, yeah, yeah. Mana, twinning would white be instant. Exile target non-token creature. Return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. And then it's a blue four mana four four flying vigilance ward one. Twining twins. How it's do you like twining twins? Fine. It's okay. I think this is again like. This- Fairies. <laughs> and not even then. It's not even good like, in fairies because fairies? fairies are Demir. I think I would I mean, be ooh. I hadn't really thought about like fairies. I was thinking more for like blink style decks or panormonicon like style decks Bago, where you're the Panormonicon. Yeah, like that. Like blinking until end of turn also saves you from a wrath, which is an upside in some scenarios. You can save your most important creature. So that's where I'd be looking at it. I think I, I would at least try it in like a Brago or Rune style Blink Panormonicon deck. Whether or not it makes the cut, I don't know, because I'm not really hyped about a 4-4 Flying Vigilant Ward 1. Like, that doesn't do anything with my Panharmonicon deck, but I do like the Blink mode on it, and then you get a body out of it. So I think it's, like, low B for me for Blink decks. Do you have space in your Blink deck for this type of Blink, though? Because, like, there's Momentary Blink, then there's, like, Eerie Interlude that's Mass, and then there's, I think, another 4-1 that also bounces everything and they all come with plus one plus one counters. Like, I feel like... That's true. I feel like there's so many Ephemerate, you know, is also... So maybe it's just, yeah, maybe the upside of the body is actually not enough in practice. Hmm. Yeah, you might be. You actually might be right. And I had to cut so many good blink spells. Like, I I would not run a two-mana single target blink. There's, like, just so many better ones that this doesn't excite me. Like, what about wizards? White is uh, awkward for wizards, right? Snapcaster mage. Like I don't know, like do, do wizards care to be blinking themselves? I don't know. The body is just so mediocre. Like fairies yeah. doesn't really care about this. If wizards doesn't care about this, who cares about this? I know Krim likes uh Krim's not I, Twining twins is I don't know, like is it, it like it, fairies just blue is, is not blue black, right? It's blue white. Yeah. yeah, it's blue white. It's colors I'm like, are awkward. not huge on it, to be honest. It's like it's okay, I guess. All right, we're just gonna leave it and see. Mediocre. This is you're still putting it above Emerald Dragon. You're putting it above Emerald Dragon. Yes, everything is above Emerald Dragon. Is the worst card we've ever talked about. Do you really think Emerald Dragon is better than this? No. Would you would you at least try out Emerald Dragon? You're never trying out this. You know you okay okay. Seth, you love Mana Tide. You're like I I run Mana Tide everywhere. Don't you want to get? I didn't know Tomer was so attached to this. Yeah, I didn't either. Tomer really 
loves this emerald dragon. <laughs> like the moment, the moment somebody you has to an Aetherflux Reservoir with its ability. <laughs> that does sound like a just, good moment. That's a I... high you're never going to attain again. All right. <laughs> okay. Wait. What is this blue spell? I don't know what it is. Guys, help me. <laughs> Ilthead Harvester or something like that. Ilthead Harvester. Okay. Uh, oh, this one. This one's interesting. Card is this gas. Sorcery is X it? blue blue. Tap X target creatures. They don't untap during their next controllers. Uh, next untap step. Five mana four four. When it enters the battlefield, turn any number of target tapped non-token creatures face down. They're two two horror creatures. Uh, I gave it a D. You guys gave it all B. Are you really playing this as a blue sweeper? Like no way, no way. Dude, it's, it's good. a cool it's sweeper. It's against, like, commanders because it's like, oh, yeah. the commander your deck is built around is now a 2-2. But it has to be tapped, so you usually have to use Adventure Side. And the problem with Adventure Side is that it's very telegraphed. Like, you're not going to be able to, like, tap down a bunch of stuff. And then on the same turn, do your 5-drop. So well, you, like, it's you tap out It's stunned, so you can tap it. And then there's, yes. like, one yeah. turn, it doesn't untap. But then so everybody then has a turn it. cycle to be like, all right, my, sh- my crap <laughs> that just got tapped down is about to turn into a horror next turn. <laughs> So, like, let's save a counter spell or something for it, you know? Like, you can kind of see it coming. It, what it's is definitely yeah. telegraphed, uh, right? Like, what's the old school you can just one? Get people with the five mana. Ixodron uh, or something? Like, like, yeah. like when you I just play like this, and be done with it. Like, <laughs> Ixodron hits everybody, but like, yeah. is it the same mana? Like, I think it's, this is better than Ixodron, probably. But I don't play Exodron anymore. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Exodron is the kind of card I used to play when I first started playing Commander. And it was like, oh, it's a Blue Wrath or whatever. I feel like this is kind of similar to me, where like 10 years ago, I might be hyped about this. But as it is, I'm kind of like, eh, maybe in my you know, horde deck, good in Hilda. I put it in Hilda. <laughs> I put it in Hilda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tap everything down and then, and then you harvest them. That's actually really good. Oh, Ooh, yeah, in a Hilda deck? That'd be sweet. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. good in Hilda. Although not on Magic Online, sadly, I learned building Ooh. Hilda. So, so y'all still think this is a B? You like this? Like, there's no this way. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I, well, mean, I thought B was a no, specific deck, so I was thinking about, like, specifically Hilda. But it, it might be it, too, too specific. specific. Yeah. That's very specific. So I guess... Then I'm going to put it below Emerald Dragon. <laughs> Wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, nothing goes below Emerald Dragon. <laughs> I actually agree. I actually Emerald agree Dragon is no. justice. No. What? Well, then I'm going to bump no, it up to dude. an A, so by the law of averages, <laughs> it gets ahead of Emerald Dragon. <laughs> Damn. Do you actually think it's good, though? Are we arguing where it is in D tier, or do you guys actually think it's stronger than that? I mean, I, I got sweet. got by it once at a command fest. So someone actually played this card against me and actually, like, wrathed everyone's board with it, and it actually worked. So I've never seen Emerald Dragon. I know Tomer has once, but I've never seen Emerald Dragon actually be put in a deck outside of Tomer's six like, tribal deck. People do play this with card. With the two no? Like, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> not cool, right? Like you're still getting hit. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but if you if you make your your opponent's commander at two two and then they have to go around and kill it just like recast it, that's pretty good. Okay. How about like, like in the best front of Emerald Dragon mode where like you sleep someone's creatures and then someone else alpha strikes them and kills them? Like I, I think that's yeah. like actually the thing you're trying to do here. Like I tap all Crim's creatures and then Tomer just like smashes them and kills them. But as a <laughs> wrath, like this is so sad. I would play like anything over this to try to sweep the board. At least put it in front of Emerald Dragon, and then I won't complain anymore. 
I think it's at least okay. four oh, and take up a seat. Let's see. Right. Tover. Oh, Tover may be crazy, but he's right. No. Emerald Dragon, is a six man of four four, no. is much better than whatever this mediocre wrath is trying to do. What? Okay. I feel, I feel weird okay. teaming up with Richard, but <laughs> uh, they're, they're tied. They're, they're holding hands. Okay. Okay. They're tied. okay that's I just want sure. Emerald Dragon and see where it belongs. <laughs> okay. Uh, Monster Manual. Three mana sorcery. Mill five cards, then return a creature card milled this way to your hand. Four mana artifact. Pay, uh, pay two mana. Tap it. You may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Is this good? Just drop a creature into play. This has a lot of hype in spoiler season. And I do think it's good. I do think it's good. But, like... I think it's just okay, actually. Yeah, so yeah. The, the mill you, ha- you have to mill the creature you want to return, right? So this is not a free yeah. mill. You have to yes. hit it. And then it'll be six mana to drop something onto the battlefield. A creature specifically. Wait, what's what's Quicksilver Amulet? Like It's the same thing. Mm, it's the same four thing. and four. Is it four yeah. and two? No, it's four, four and four. four. four, and four. It's, so it's this more is better than Quicksilver Amulet. But, yeah. but I you gotta be I have never seen... When's the last time you've seen, seen Quicksilver, Quicksilver Amulet? Amulet. Yeah. 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 I remember this is pretty popular when I started playing. Yeah, I, I don't so think I played it's... it and then I took it out. <laughs> or what about it's Elvish good. Piper? It's... I guess yeah, people Elvish just don't Piper play this style of card it. anymore, right? Like in because general, you, you need to drop something really big to make it worth it, and it has to be a lot more yeah. than six for you to like go through all this trouble, right? Yeah, you have to big. Like, you have to be, be like big top end creatures dot deck. Like if you were like a Kalia deck, for example. Which can't even run it because it's not in green. Uh, yeah, the problem is you play this, and everyone's like, "Oh, we gotta kill him, <laughs> right?" Like, who knows what's coming down, right? The fear so, of the unknown. Like, it's very it's hard like, to get this to go off because you're like, "Oh, I have nothing, guys. I'm just playing." But like, nah, man, they're gonna kill you because you could top deck anything and and drop it. So, like, why are you playing this if you're not cheating something ridiculous into play? So this puts so the first activation on you. is six mana essentially, four to cast and then yeah. two to activate. So you need to have this in your hand and at least like two three creatures that are like eight plus mana in your hand so it's just kind of like clunky to pull it off it is Some nice that maybe, it draws you but... a card like compared to quicksilver amulet or whatever elvish piper like it does kind of help dig for the big thing although it's going to be inconsistent it, it reveals your trump card like imagine you you <laughs> mill people, some, yeah, like 12 know. mana bomb and people are like oh <laughs> man i see yeah, you probably. have a monster manual in exile right yes. like, yeah. maybe have like i see your deck then it's fine it's just like a little bit clunky this is like, like 20 like where he's like, I'm gonna win next turn, guys. Yeah. Like, this is kind just of, like putting all your cards on the table before you've done anything, and then hoping you get to untap with it. It's kind of tough. Plus, so, you just ramp into a, your finishers now. Like, isn't that better yeah. to just ramp into yeah. them rather than try to yeah. cheat them into play? Yeah. See, so, probably. So, like, if I was in, confirmed better. <laughs> if I was in Baluna, no, I wouldn't even put it in Baluna. Maybe cool. like, yeah. I was thinking maybe do I put it in an adventure deck? Adventure you know is what? Like, actually, a lot of the adventure. I mean, if you if you had a lucky clover oh. and edgewall innkeeper, out, all of these cards become a lot. Yeah, better, I guess right? that's well, true. Like, I I actually do think it's it's good in the adventure deck, just because if you look at all the adventure creatures we have on our list, they're all like overcosted by like a million. <laughs> like Beastlock Giant is seven, you know, Rampant Dragon seven, I... the Hunter was seven, <laughs> you know, like. These are all expensive creatures, so I actually yeah, think... Sounds like yeah. a case for a hunter, then. Cast them for zero mana, right? <laughs> can can she or Brazen Barrow win to play at a discount? 
Seems seems like okay, a, the okay. hunter's better. Above but... or below Brazen Borrower? Above. Above, yeah. Okay. Monster Manual. Quick yes. Yes. That's, that's probably <laughs> Are you yeah. muted? Crim and Shambles. <laughs> Crim and Shambles. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> um, I was just seeing him silently rage on his webcam. <laughs> okay, <laughs> last There's card. no way. Kellen the Fae Blooded. Uh, this is from Wilds of Eldraine. So, two My mana boy. sorcery in white. Search your library for an aura or equipment card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle. Then it's a three mana 2 2 human fairy uh, with double strike. It's red. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus zero for each aura and equipment attached to Kellen the Fae Blooded. Oh boy. I'm gonna just drop it into. Like, I mean. Possibly S. Like, A. This is like. <laughs> cracked. I mean, it's uh, definitely one it's of the best so equipment cards. It's right? open the like, armory with like this random, like super undercosted body on top of it. And open the armory is a very good card that sees play, right? The only thing restricting this is that it's a Boros card. Well, but and that you it, can always it's pretty. A sword. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, so it's it's a good it's a good card that sees commander play, like a lot of commander play. Open the armory, yep. and then it has an extra bonus. And the nice thing about the body too is not only does it help like go wide decks in a way, but it has double strike. Just this so the, the floor of it is like you find something that has like a combat trigger, then you cast Kellen, equip the combat trigger equipment or aura onto it, and then get double the triggers. Like you a know? sword. Like, like a sword <laughs> right? or whatever, like, which it fetches. Which it and fetches. the other cool thing is that if it's your commander, you can do like hidden commanders based on a specific aura or equipment like if you want to make a spy kit deck for example you can make a spy kit deck where kellen just finds it constantly or if you're doing like bloodforge battle axe dot deck because you like that card then you can have <laughs> kellen as your commander and always find bloodforge battle axe like for two mana very consistently or, or but what if obviously you, if you're enlightened you go for cauldra or what if you, yeah why to assemble cauldra it seems like is yeah. this the best cauldra commander tomer I, I still like Akiri just because I think she's more consistent. But like, if I was trying to rush out Cauldra, uh, yes, that's that would be Kellen. I mean, so I could see an argument for this being S, just because it can be your commander, and I think this will be a pretty popular Boros equipment commander. So I think it's like a fine card in the ninety nine to tutor up, well, like an open the armory. And this is also unlike any of the other cards we talked about today, something you can build your entire deck around. So. Maybe that bumps it to S if we're including, like, the fact that you can also use it as the, the leader of your deck. Yeah, I th that's pretty sweet, right? Like, this is now just a way for you to tutor or something out. Uh, Having a you, tutor like, in your command commander. zone is kind of wild. Like, that's, uh, yeah. we don't usually get spells as our commanders. So a repeatable tutor, like, really good Sunforger commander, or Spy Kit commander, Cauldron commander. Sunforger commander. You'll yeah. always have Dousing Dagger. Always. Always have Dowsing <laughs> Always Dagger. Have dousing dagger. <laughs> Turn three Dowsing Dagger. And then on the battlefield, it's fine. Like, so it's going to be a big double striker. 6% of decks. It's in a lot of decks. Open the armory. So this, like, basically just goes in every Boros deck. And it's like a one-card combo. Because you do this, you fetch an equipment, you play this, you equip the equipment, and you go to town. Uh, and you can always fetch, like, the indestructible equipment or whatever. Like, you can protect your commander. You can fetch boots or something if you really felt like it. And then you can obviously fetch any swords or combat triggers. So I think this is ultra-staple. I think you play mm -hmm. this in any Boros deck because 
Any any oh, Boros really? deck will take a hmm. you, you Don't you play Hearth and Home, Sword of the Animus, Dowsing Dagger in like every deck? Eh. Eh, I play them yeah. in some decks, but I also don't usually play tutors for them. I don't know. Even if I'm playing like a random, like but do you want to be powering down your deck? No. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but like, you need to you want to tutor mass. up your Lightning Greaves or like tutor up like the couple. Yeah. If you're playing just a yes. couple of random equipment, are you going to play a tutor Greaves, to find it? Is it super critical that you have Lightning Greaves if you're playing it in your deck? Don't you don't you want it? Some decks. Well, you still need to have like four targets for this to be in your deck, right? Before well, you, you want to run four it. Targets. Well, you just have one. Because like, well, you might draw. Like, them. Well, what if you draw it? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So you have to. Have and then more I guess you get a Kellen. Yeah, you get a Kellen. Yeah. And then you get a Kellen. I don't know if I'm as high on it as Richard. I think it's very good. I would definitely play in any Boros equipment deck, and I think some generic Boros decks. But I don't know if I'm running it in like just a fire song and sun speaker or whatever like just yeah. naming random like boros commanders the good news is boros is very equipment heavy if you look at equipment commander or like a uh, boros many of them are equipment decks so i think this fits in a lot of boros decks but i think there's some i wouldn't really run it in i'm just I, thinking I now you have a, a perma commander right if you like like it, let's not lie boros decks are kind of the same for the most part this is this feels like exactly what most of the boros decks want to do so <laughs> Look, Seth, didn't you say Sword of Forge and Frontier is like S tier? So mm, if you're playing probably. colors to tutor it up and have a body to equip and trigger it, like wouldn't you totally do that every single time? Even if all you had was a forge, a, a Sword of Forge and Frontier, like oh, you have... it took open the armory, one of the best white cards, and then stapled this like super aggressive <laughs> like body that's like synergistic and really good to it, like. I mean, you also have Stoneforge, right? Which, like, kind of does the same thing, but better if you're just getting swords. Like, so maybe you also have that. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's very good. I think it's a very good card that I don't know if I played just to tutor up my Sword of Forge in Frontier, but I do think this card is pretty bomby. And if we want to put it in S tier, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue against it just because it can be a commander. And I think having a tutor as your commander is actually kind of busted. What are it's what are our nice. final grades then? I'm an A, Seth's an A. Krim, where do you put it? I think I put it at an A as well. I had it initially at an A, and I, I think it'll stay there. It's it's solid. It's just a solid card. Right. Better than Decadent any... Dragon? I mean, I put it in S, but I'm out of I mean, oh. I mean, I, I, I think Decadent Dragon, yeah, it definitely gets eclipsed by Kellen. Yeah. Kellen's number one. No. Yeah. yeah. I I would argue, I would put it to S. I would join Richard. Chat GPT. Okay. <laughs> All Break right. our tie. All right, here we go, Seth. <laughs> Fine, hey. You know what the benefit of hosting the podcast and control yes. the speed is? You can do whatever you want. Some out of power. Okay, so right. yeah, so high A as summer. A very good card. It's a good card. How you want to interpret it if you want to play it? Maybe you think you know it, it, it gets got by opposition agent, right? There, there's always that's there's true. Always that's true. Unplayable now. It gets got by Emerald Dragon. Actually, that's not true. So, that is our tier list. Those are the adventures. There, there are lots of adventures. We actually cut like a ton of adventures. We, we try to find the most playable ones and the most interesting ones. Uh, so let us know in the comments if we skipped uh, any adventure that you think is highly playable. Uh, maybe some six drops that can join Decadent Dragon. No, uh, Emerald Dragon. Uh, there, there are some uncommon ones that I think are pretty... Justice for Emerald Like, there are some pretty good... Because they're all two-for-ones. So in the right deck, they generate value, right? It's just sometimes they're so niche, we don't want to talk about them. But, you know, unlike out Brazen there is Borrower. playing six-drop tribal. Someone <laughs> is playing a fairy rogue deck that wants to bounce everything, right? So... They're or inherently two-for-ones. 
or or needs a bounce or somebody's know. playing a six drop deck and yeah. you know That's wants to way more them. niche <laughs> so so let us know in the comments uh any cards we've missed if you disagree uh i'm curious how how people rank the five virtues uh if we got it right if we got that order right uh and uh, a giant killer i think is a controversial one here that we have no agreement on well what do you think of giant killer does it deserve a slot in your deck card is cracked <laughs> let us know in the comments and we'll see you all back here next week card is cracked see you everyone